Hey there, my name's Hank, the digital pastor here at the Foundry Church, and I want to welcome you to the Foundry Church podcast. No matter how you found us, whether you were just browsing your podcast feed, you're a first-time visitor or checking out our church here in Winter Springs, Florida, or if you've been a part of our family for a long time, we're so glad that we get a chance to journey and worship together in pursuit of Christ. We're so glad that you were able to be a part of our service today. Even though you are only listening to our audio service, we love that you are able to be a part of our family in this unique and very special way. A couple of things we want to just remind you, our in-person services are happening live on Sunday mornings in Winter Springs, Florida at 10 a.m. If you're in the Central Florida area, we would love to see you for one of our services, or you can watch online from our website or any of our social media pages as well. You can find us there. We're starting off 2022 in a new series we're calling The Gospel According to Paul. We're looking at the life and the music of Bono and U2 to see what sort of spiritual themes that we had can learn from him and from that band and from their music. And I promise this is an incredible series and some really, really cool stuff that we're talking about. So kick back, relax, enjoy your drive or your commute or whatever it is that you're doing. We're going to hand things off now to Pastor Seth as we kick off today's message. Enjoy. Well, good morning. Yeah, it's good of both of you to be here today. <laughs> it's raining. Like, this is Florida. You're used to it. I don't really accept the excuses anymore, so I'm sorry. Good to see you at home, though. <laughs> I see you. Yeah. I know, it was a little cold, a little wet. You decided to stay home. I'll forgive you this one time. Uh, welcome, welcome uh, <laughs> to the Foundry. My name is Seth, uh, and we are all about a better you and a better world. We are in week three of our series that we're calling The Gospel According to Paul. And by Paul, of course, we're talking about Paul Hewson, a.k.a. Bono, who comes from this little band you may have heard of known as U2. So we've talked about um, how we understand the nature of God and how our understanding of God affects what kind of relationship we will have with God. And last week we talked about how uh, prayer and, and we talked about prayer and freedom and the invitation that we have to be open and honest with God about the good and the bad and the joy and the pain and the ups and the downs. What God's desire is for us is to bring all of that Right to be honest with him because it's in our honesty that there's this open uh, that, that allows for this deeper transformation. So this week we're going to move on from God and our understanding of God and our relationship with God to our understanding of relationship with each other. That in light of the Trinity, the the perichoresis, the divine dance, why and how we should be in relationship with one another. One another. If God's identity emerges from this dynamic community of love that we are invited into, and we are created in the image and likeness of this divine community of love, then how are we to understand community and relationship with each other? Now, in 2004, you two released an album called How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb, and on that album was a song called Sometimes You Can't Make It on Your Own. It was a song that Bono wrote uh, after the passing of his father, who died from cancer, Bob Hewson, uh, in the year 2001. So some of this song is about loss. It's about the loss of a father. It's about missing somebody you love. But then, like, on this whole other level, it has to do with, like, it's, it's a song about how do we make it through times of difficulty. Okay, so I'm going to ask the band, Joe and the guys, to, to play through this. So listen and pay attention. 
to this song. Sometimes we can't make it on our own. the stuff you're telling me and anyone you're hard enough you don't have to put up a fight you don't have to always be right let me take some of the punches you tonight listen to me now I need to let you know you don't have to go it alone and it's you
So I keep trying to give Joe like harder stuff to do, but he keeps doing it. It's really frustrating. We started with Johnny Cash. Okay, uh, okay. Now Bono. I like what's next? Like I think we need to do like Queen or something for next January. You got that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Dang it! It's so frustrating. I mean, in a good way. It's a, in a good way. Thanks, Joe, for that. It says, listen to me now. Is there a TV coming? Yeah, okay. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. By TV, I mean coffee stand. <laughs> uh, he says, where are we? Listen to me now. Here it comes. You guys can do it. I, I have faith in you. How many band people does it take to move a TV? All of them. Get it? Thank you. Uh, listen to me now. I need to let you know you don't have to go it alone. Sometimes you can't make it on your own. That phrase, sometimes, I think is a bit of an exaggeration. I think it's a bit of an overstatement. It should be more like, you can't really make it on your own. I mean, who am I to question Bono? So Bono, I'm sorry, I'm not questioning. I'm just saying, like, the, the, the truth is, like, you weren't intended to make it on your own. We weren't designed to be solitary, isolated beings. We, were cre- we weren't created to live on some sort of island, right? If you go back to the beginning, uh, Genesis 1, 26, God says, let us, on the screen, put a verse for the people. Let us make mankind in our, is it, does it need to be on? Yeah? Huh? I have to do everything around here. It's terrible. <laughs> We're working on it. I hit the button. Is it the right button? Is, oh, no. That was the input button. Let's try power. See? Okay, it's warming up. It's warming up. Let, uh, oh. Although if I turn it on and change the input, we might be out of luck either way. Let us... Let us... Is that the right input, HDMI 1? No, it's not. I can see right here. Um, slide? Side. No, that's not right. Somebody want to give me a hand? Yeah, Joe can sing, but can he fix a TV? It's a whole different ballgame. All right, God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So uh, God says, us. Collectively, that is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is the original community made mankind in their image. Yeah, we're getting there. In, our, in their image. God says, let us, Father, Son, and Spirit, create these human beings who will be like who we are. The original community. So community is built into our DNA. Relationship is built into who we are. Hey! He's more than just a pretty face and pretty voice. Uh, so relationship and community are part of our core identity. It's part of like our DNA, if you will. It's relationship and community that allows for us to be fully human. So the idea of like complete independence or that I am somehow self-made, I'm a self-made man, I'm a self-made woman, or that I can do anything on my own, these thoughts and these ideas aren't in line with what it means to be human. In fact, the idea of complete independence actually undermines your humanity. 
Think about it. If you were created out of relationship for relationship, and this is where the fullness of our humanity is found, then when we reject, ignore, deny relationship, we are less than what we were created to be, which means then that we are essentially less than fully human. Right? We live in a Western culture that values independence, that values the individual, which is kind of the opposite of like the Eastern mindset, right? a mindset that's much more communal. And although <clears throat> when it comes to scripture, we often read we often read it through the lens of the individual, right? We read the scripture and we go, what does this teach me? What does this say about me? What do I need to learn? How am I to understand this? Who am I in this story? A lot of what Jesus was teaching was meant to be understood like more communally. In fact, in Mark, Mark chapter two, we see an example of this. You have the story of the, of the paralyzed man. You remember his friends bring him, they cut the hole in the roof. The guy who owned the house is like, hey, thanks, I don't have insurance. But they lower him down into the roof, into the building. And then Jesus heals the guy, forgives him of his sins. And then in Mark chapter two, verse 11, he says, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Get up, take your mat, and go home. So when we read this, we go, oh, look, isn't that cool? Look at how, how awesome his friends were that they would do this for him. Isn't Jesus awesome? Look, Jesus forgives sins and he heals things. He heals the paralyzed man. Like, Jesus is awesome. Like, that's really cool. Like, he can heal me. That's, that's cool. It's a great story. Sure, absolutely. But when this story was being heard or read by, like, the original audience, who would have been the Eastern mindsetted people, who would have been a more communally driven people, the story becomes much, much bigger, right? The paralyzed man is a stand-in for the whole nation of Israel, who at this time is experiencing this sense of being paralyzed with fear under the oppression of the Roman government. And so Jesus forgives the man and heals him and then tells him to go home. This is, this is a larger offering to like all the people because all the people have wanted since like the very first exile where they lost their temple, where they lost their land, where they lost their, 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 <clears throat> their identity, all they've wanted was to go home, to come back and be fully the people of God. So Jesus heals this paralyzed guy and tells him to go home. This becomes like a snapshot, a metaphor, an analogy, if you will, for the whole nation of Israel who's paralyzed by fear, and he's offering them to come home. The idea was that through him, they will find healing and forgiveness, and through him, they will return to the proper relationship with God, come home. So by making the story about the individual, which is a nice story, I'm glad the man was forgiven, I'm glad the man was healed, I'm glad he could walk again, but to make a, the, the, the story about the individual is to really limit the story. So even, in, in, in through our Western mindset, we have this deep value of independence, this deep value for the individual. And by making these things the priority, by reading the lens through the, the, the Bible through the lens of the individual, not only do we limit the story, but we also move away from what actually helps us to step into the fullness of our humanity. Human independence is actually a bit of an oxymoron. <clears throat> it's a bit of an oxymoron. <clears throat> no one in here is completely independent or completely self-sufficient. We're all, we're all dependents, 
In fact, I might actually claim you guys on my taxes this year. I think that would be helpful. Yeah, we're all, in de- we're, we're all dependents. You didn't create yourself. You are a direct result of a relationship. The combination of two different people's biological matter. Two different people who mattered enough to each other to get together biologically. You know what I'm talking about? Your parents? That's, yeah, you're welcome. You didn't create yourself. You didn't teach yourself to walk. You didn't teach yourself to talk. You, you, you watched and you learned from your parents. Your parents taught you a particular way to see and understand the world. They taught you what was important, which they learned from their parents and their life experiences. Even when it comes to schooling, you went to several years of school, some of you more than others, it's okay, where you were taught by a long list of teachers, where you had a long list of students that you were influenced by, all of who have learned from their parents and their teachers going back and back and back. Even when it comes to how we think of God, my guess is you learned about, of, of God from your parents or from your friends or from the church or from the Bible, which is to say that most everything you know as it relates to the divine has come from outside of the self. We're all standing on the shoulders of the people who've gone before us. Even your physical existence, your physical existence is dependent upon relationship. The oxygen you breathe that comes from the plants, the food that you eat that comes from the plants and the animals, the cellular structure of your physical being, it's all about relationship. In fact, I learned this about this crazy thing this week <clears throat> called apoptosis. Have you heard of this? Or medical people might know this word. I didn't know it, apoptosis. It's, 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 it's known as a programmed cell death. It's this wild thing. It happens in healthy cells and on some unhealthy cells. But the idea is that a healthy cell will sometimes sacrifice itself for the rest of the body. For example, uh, when, when a baby is being formed in, in its mother's womb, uh, when the hands begin to develop, right, initially your hands and toes are a bit webbed, and then through the process of apoptosis, those cells will intentionally sacrifice themselves, and that webbing will disintegrate, and your hands, your fingers will individuate. It's wild stuff. Your body does this because your body itself is, in fact, a relationship. Your body is a relationship within itself. We are created out of relationship, in the image of relationship, for relationship. And the entirety of our being and our continued existence is dependent upon connection and relationship. Nothing about us is independent. We are a group project. We are a group project. Sometimes you can't make it on your own. You can't really make it on your own. You weren't meant to make it on your own. You weren't designed to make it on your own. You were created out of relationship, that is the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, in the image of relationship, that is the Trinity, that is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for relationship. That's how the whole thing works. Now, are you familiar with the uh, African concept of Ubuntu? (laughs) I assume most of you are, but just in case you're not, the African concept of Ubuntu is essentially that a person is a person through other persons. Now, in order to accentuate and speak on this a little bit, I'm going to ask my boy Desmond Tutu to tell us about what it means. Take a listen. The profound truth is you cannot be human on your own. 
you are human through relationship. Uh, you, you become human, you know, um, and, and we've seen it. Um, teachers of psychology tell us that you, we wouldn't be able to speak as human beings. We, we speak by imitating other human beings. We, we walk uh, as human beings by imitating other human beings. We think, and so ultimately, yes, we are human only through relationship. Um, And that is, that is fantastic because it says we are really made for uh, this delicate network of interdependence, interdependence, so that this, the completely self-sufficient person is in fact Subhuman. Uh, I need you in order for me to be me. I need you to be you to the fullest. Uh, we are made for complementarity. Adam had certain gifts. Eve had certain gifts, but it was only when the two made up what was lacking in the other that they became fully human. And, and that is the fundamental law of our being. Ubuntu says, not you are human because you think, you are human because you participate in relationship. Uh, it says a person is a person through other persons. That is what we say. But that is what the Bible is saying. And that is what our human experience teaches us. A person is a person through other persons. That is what the Bible says. I wish I could talk like that. It's better. A person is a person through other persons. Maybe you could say it this way. Uh, there's no such thing as complete independence. Maybe you could say it this way. The fullness of your humanity is only realized through relationship. Maybe you could say it this way. You were created out of relationship in the image of relationship for relationship. Person is a person through other persons. This is what the Bible says. So let's look at a few examples of this from the scripture. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. In relationship, we help each other out. We become better. We need each other. Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are ga uh, gather in my name, there am I with them. 
by coming together in relationship with each other, they come into relationship with the divine. <clears throat> Romans 12, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Each member belongs to all the others. You are not an island unto yourself. The fact that you exist, especially the fact that you are part of a church, you are connected to this body. You belong to each other. Romans 12, Ecclesiastes 4, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? They can't. Maybe an electric blanket. It's tough. I don't know. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Or if you go all the way back to the beginning of Genesis uh, and how it starts, the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Everything in all of creation, God says, is good, it's good, it's good, it's good. And when it comes to man being alone, he says, this is not good. When God forms Adam from the dust of the earth and breathes into him the very breath of, of, of God, the very spirit of God, it animates him and he becomes a living being. But Adam does not become fully human until God creates Eve. And all the women said, amen. Yeah, creates Eve for them to be in relationship. It's not good for the man to be alone because he was created out of relationship in the image of relationship for relationship. So for Adam to live as a solitary being is to live contrary to who he was created to be. It's only through the relationship with Eve that they both begin to experience the fullness of who God created them. <clears throat> Here's something else to think along, uh, along with this, is that if it's the breath of God that animates humanity, then each and every person who exists carries with them in some way or some shape, some form, something of the divine, which is to say that there's this little piece, at least a little bit of God within each and every one of us. And there's like 7.7 .7 billion of us on the planet. 7.7 .7 various little expressions of God. So what relationship does is it connects us. It gives us these various little pictures of God, right? Like through, through, through my wife, through her love and care of others, through her never giving up on anyone, I see a picture of God who never turns his back. Through my kids, I see these various little pictures and aspects of who God is and what God is like. Through my parents, through my grandparents who just came this from Texas this past week, they're here, Herschel Rosemary. <clears throat> I see these little pictures of God, their various traits, their various qualities. This is what God looks like in this form. So through these relationships, I am continually learning more and more who God is and what God is like. And the more and more that I learn who God is and what God is like, the more and more I can learn about who I am. Because all these various glimpses of God that I see in them, that I see in you, it's the very same God who is dwelling within me. Which means that because of them, because of you, I can step more fully into the image of God that I was created in. And by stepping more fully into the image of God that I was created in, it allows me to step more fully into my humanity. In other words, a person is a person 
through other persons. Sometimes you can't make it on your own. We need each other. We were made for each other. And it's through each other that we find our humanity. I've always been intrigued by the story of Christopher McCandless. Do you know this story? There was a book about him. It turned into a movie called Into the Wild. Eddie Vedder did the soundtrack. Do you know this guy? Yeah, it came out. It was like his story was happening around the 90s. Um, he's this younger like, college kid who basically got frustrated with the trappings of society, moved out to the wilderness into Alaska, left everything behind. It's an incredible story, great adventure. He cuts ties with everything and everyone in his life to go and seek out some sort of happiness beyond like the so-called American dream. Um, he makes his way to Alaska. He's alone. He gets into the wild. And essentially, after some time, he gets trapped by nature. He's trapped where he's at. He can't make it across this river that is thawed. And so he runs out of food. All this, it's a, kind of a tough thing. But he ends up eating some plants that he misidentifies, which ends up poisoning him and leads to his own death. It's a really uplifting sort of story. <laughs> it's, it's actually a very profound, very, very moving story. I would recommend it if you haven't seen it. After they died, after he died, they found his journal. And one of the last few things that he wrote what had become evident to him during his isolation, during his solitude, even being out in the beauty of nature and being alone and enjoying that experience to some degree, the thing that he wrote <clears throat> was that happiness is only real when shared. That's what he discovered. That was the conclusion he came to after being months and months and months in isolation, in solitude, in nature, the conclusion he came to was that happiness is only real when shared. Christopher, through his rejection of society, stumbled into this deep, deep truth, this universal truth, that it's only through relationship and connection that we experience the fullness of our humanity. That's what that little profound line is speaking to. Happiness is only real when shared. It's Ubuntu. A person is a person through other persons. Well, of course. Of course, yeah, because humanity is created out of relationship, in the image of relationship, for relationship. Sometimes you can't make it on your own. Well, you weren't intended to make it on your own. Whether it's the joys of life or whether it's the pain of life, we need each other. We need each other. Now, like we mentioned earlier, Bono wrote that song, Sometimes You Can't Make It On Your Own, in 2001 after the death of his father. His father dies from cancer. It just so happens that his father passed away during their giant tour, the Elevation Tour. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but... Um, and so there was a lot of speculation. What are they going to do? His dad just died. Are they going to go home? Are they going to call the tour off? What's going to happen? Are they going to keep on the schedule? All this stuff. You two decided to carry on with the tour. In fact, uh, the day that uh, they buried their father, that night they played a show. They played a show at a place called Slane Castle. It was the first concert after his father's death. It's uh, just outside Dublin, Ireland. There's a crowd of about 80,000 people. There was a guy who was there. Let me, I'm going to read to you the, the eyewitness record of the testimony of the show. The guy says, 
after Elevation, this was like the first song, right? That's, that was their opening, their opening thing. That was the tour. Um, in front of 80,000 people, Bono fell to his knees and cried out, Jesus, Jesus. He threw off his shades, eyes full of tears as he watched the sky. It was obvious where he was. He had buried his father just hours before, and we were all joining him in what became a ceremony of mourning through the celebration of life. All night, Bono referred to his father, the pain, the life, the death, and the far deeper presence of life that was now haunting us all. The honest and heart-wrenching transparency that Bono poured out that night elevated us all through the music and our shared humanity to a place beyond a concert and a place that is much deeper than church. The guy who witnessed all this went on to say that this was such a beautiful moment. He said it was like, he said it was almost like the crowd picked Bono up, figuratively speaking. The crowd picked Bono up and carried him through that night, through the pain of losing his father. He said it was almost like the crowd seemed to pour back into Bono just a little bit of what he had been pouring out to the crowd all these years. Sometimes you can't make it on your own. You weren't meant to make it on your own. You were created out of relationship, in the image of relationship, for relationship. Which is to say that your humanity is only fully realized through relationship, through our connections. <coughs> a person is a person through other persons. <clears throat> so today what we want to do, whether you're at home or here with us online, is we want to invite you to the table, to the sacred and holy meal that is communion. This table that is our common union. I'm gonna ask our ushers to get in place to get ready. And today I'd like us to take this meal together. So you stay where you're at today. The ushers will make sure you get the communion. When you get it, I say you hold on to that. We're gonna have Joe and the band lead us through a song. Once everybody gets their communion, I'll lead us through taking this together. This meal and the beauty of it, the bread and the juice that represents the body and the blood of Jesus, it reminds us of God's love for us. It reminds us of God's desire to be in relationship with us. It reminds us that we were created out of relationship, in the image of relationship, and for relationship. The table and these elements, the bread and the juice, are symbols of a reminder. They're an invitation to come and be in relationship with your creator. It's an invitation to come and be in relationship with each other. We sit at the table together as a family 
as ones who are connected, as ones who are in relationship with one another. The table is an invitation to step into the fullness of our humanity through Christ, who unites us all. So we're gonna pray, we're gonna sing, and then we're gonna take this meal together. Dear Lord, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for the beauty of relationship. God, we know it's a struggle sometimes. We know we're messy sometimes. We know people can carry a lot of baggage, God, and it can be a whole lot of mess. God, we thank you that you loved us enough, that you loved us despite our mess. God, we thank you that you loved us enough to create us to be like you. God, we thank you that you sent your son so that through him we may be united in relationship with you and with one another. We thank you for this holy and sacred meal, this thing that unites us, this common union that we get to participate, that we get to participate together in remembering your love and remembering that you sent your son for us and remembering the pain and the suffering that Jesus went through so that we may live. God, we love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for coming out and being a part of our service today on our podcast feed. We're glad we're able to be a part of your faith journey this week. We would love for you to learn more about what it is that we're up to here at The Foundry. If you're looking for a church to call home, we would love to have you be a part of The Foundry family. To learn more about who it is that we are and what it is that we believe, you can visit our website, www.thefoundry.org. You can also find that link in the show notes as well. Thanks again for tuning in. We're looking forward to continuing this series, so make sure that you check back and check out all the rest of our series on our website at thefoundryc.org slash watch. There you'll be able to see all of our series from years past. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. We're grateful for you. We love you. We hope you have a great week, and we will see you next time. My name is Hank, digital pastor here at The Foundry, signing off.